Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the 1970. I'm your host, Ed, and in a minute, you'll hear from my co-host, Mark Damon. But before we get started, I'd like to point out that the format of the show will be a little bit different moving forward. With the rise of Twitter spaces, Mark Damon and I have decided it would be best to do a live show after PSG matches where we can share our thoughts while also allowing fans around the world to call in and give their opinion. And what better way to kick things off than a reaction podcast to Paris Saint-Germain's 1-0 win over Real Madrid at the Parc des Princes last Tuesday. We recap all of the highlights, we talk tactics, and even welcome a Real Madrid supporter to get his thoughts on how PSG was able to dominate his team. We hope you like this format, and we plan to get back to a more normal schedule uh, for the remainder of the season. Thanks for listening, and Ale Paris. Hello, welcome in, everyone. Give everyone a minute to come on in. This is Ed from PSG Talk. Welcome in, everyone. Um, we're going to let people filter in and uh, and listen. I mean, what an incredible game from PSG. 1-0, Kylian Mbappe scores. With seconds remaining, incredible game. We've got, uh, my name is Ed, of course. Mark Damon is going to be coming in. Mark, how's it going? If you can hear me, um, I'm going to invite you to speak. I think I can invite you to host. Um, let's see, co-host. Here we go. We're sending the co-host to Mark Damon. Just what an amazing game. Frustrating at times. PSG did so well creating tons of chances. I don't even know what that team, Real Madrid, I mean, that was just completely embarrassing on their part. Um, just to show up like that, you you put a shell of Benzema out there and he just looks like an old man with a, a rocking chair or something. I mean, he just looked like he just could not offer anything. So um, PSG, absolutely dominant in this one. Mark Damon, do you have me? Or are, you, are you in on the spaces here? I am in on the spaces. <laughs> much, well, better, much better and easier than the last time we tried this. So, um, hello everybody. Um, that was fun. That was a good game. That was that was that was fun to watch. <laughs> That's all you got? A good game? I'm gonna go ahead good and shut up, Mark. Good game, everybody. Good game. I want I want to know. Start from the starting lineup. What you thought about the decision to rest Neymar, bring him in the second half, and then just what you thought. Let's start with that first 45 minutes. Did you anticipate? PSG absolutely dominating, playing the entire first half in Real Madrid's side of the pitch. I mean, that was an embarrassing, shambolic performance from Madrid, wouldn't you say? Well, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go too far because I've seen PSG go to that performance, that kind of tactical uh, setup at times in the past, in the not too. Uh, not too distant past, so I'm not going to get too ridiculous. Don't use, the, don't use the R word. Don't do it. No, but first of all, I think it was smart to rest Neymar. I hadn't played in two months, so you, you, you needed him at the end of the game, and um, that was the right way to do that. Um, that was the lineup they had to go with, and it's actually good that they have basically not, you know, 10, 11 guys that they're definitely, you know, it's good that they have a, a lineup now. It's, it's not like, you know, they're trying to throw people out there that haven't been in big games. It's, it's pretty obvious what the lineup is. And, you know, we're pretty all sure who's going to play. And that that's a good thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. So, yeah, um, I was surprised. I was genuinely surprised that Real Madrid did that. But I kind of understand it because they're not that good. Like, they're not a Champions League contender. They're just not. And, I, I you know, they may come back, and uh, but they, they would get 
you know, and I think on a, you know, if PSG convert a couple of those chances, they could have very easily wiped the floor with them. And a team like City, who just put five past, uh, was it Sporting Lisbon today? Like City would destroy this team, and Bayern Oof. would destroy this team. And I think PSG, when they're finishing their chances, would destroy this team. And I'm just, I'm amazed at how much credit Real Madrid got for being a good team in this season. And Carlo Ancelotti knew exactly what he had to do there. He knew that his team wasn't good enough to go toe-to-toe. And they just weren't. And you could see that in the way they set up. A team that thinks they're better than the other team doesn't set up that way. You don't play for the nil-nil draw or the one-nil win, which is what they did. And PSG, I thought, in the first half were very patient. They didn't turn the ball over. They didn't play into Real Madrid's hands. In, at times, they weren't getting the chances, but you saw in the second half, they got plenty of chances in the second half. So they played that first half about as well as you could, knowing what Real Madrid were trying to do to them. Excellent thoughts. And, and you know, I'm just, as I watched that first half, I mean, yeah, Ancelotti was absolutely, they were just trying to get out of their nil-nil, limit the damage. I'm just I'm kicking myself because I just I know PSG needed to score more. Who knows what's going to happen uh, in the return leg? Several players for Real Madrid are going to miss it. Casemiro is going to miss it, and, and I'm sure someone will chime in or Mark if you know. There's another player. Yeah, it's going to be Casemiro and Furlan Mendy. The huge. Who's we we were talking to. Yeah, we were talking to a Real Madrid and uh, supporter um, at the Real Talk uh, podcast, and he said. Furlan Mendy is like an amazing defender. He's counting on him to slow PSG down all their attackers. And I thought he played really well. So that is a yeah. huge, well, huge loss for them. Look, and I'll, I'll sort of quote Charles Barkley here. Cause he, he says this about the, this Lakers team. It really is a bunch of old geezers out there. Like it's the, it's the old folks home and at Real Madrid right now. And Kroos and Modric, they were turning the ball over. They didn't look like they could keep up with anybody. Really what kept Real Madrid in that game was a really strong defensive performance from their back four minus well, Carvajal was okay, but he was, he needed oxygen at the end of that game. Cause he was just getting, he was getting whipped on that left side by Mbappe the whole game. And he kind of didn't besides the penalty, he wasn't too terrible, but Real Madrid have a real problem here. And I think P and we'll, we'll get to, you know, sort of, PSG and how I how I think this sort of affects everything going forward but PSG are the better team like let's just say it right now they're the better team they should win this tie if they do not win this tie in the second leg I think something would have had to have gone wrong I think this is in PSG's hands you'd rather have them gotten a couple more goals out of that but I do think Real Madrid played well defensively well, we should actually have had two goals. You know, Messi steps up, and you think, oh, yeah. my goodness, he's good. And it, it was a decent penalty. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always a fan of just blasting that mm-hmm. thing in the upper 90, but he went low, and, and Courtois was he was able to get down there and make the save. Messi's another story out of this game. I think we'll get – Well, I'm sure we'll get to him, but it, I don't want to talk the negative too much because I think most – for the most part, PSG played very well. And I think it surprised people sort of how good PSG could be when they sort of turned it on and were able to put a 
fairly complete game together. And then, yeah, they needed the goal at the end. But that's what you have Kylian Mbappe for. Now, imagine, you know, imagine they had sold him for, you know, a bag of balls at the end of the transfer window. And now he's playing for Real Madrid as opposed to PSG. And now, eh, you know, maybe he's maybe it's, it's probably one two nothing Real Madrid the way that game went. So, and and if you're Mbappe, you're looking over there and you're like, this is a this is a massive rebuild. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big part of that massive rebuild, but like, you, I, I, do you want to be? Well, does he want to be propping up the old folks? Right. Like, does he want to be? Does he want to be? You know, feeding Tony Kroos his cream corn and making sure that they all, you know. Making sure they all go to the bathroom when they need to. I mean, that's what it—that's what it looked like. They just look like an old, worn out, two years past their prime team. And I don't think Vinicius is enough. You know what I mean? I don't think the you know Vinicius is enough to overcome that. Hakimi absolutely dominated him. Okay, and that's absolutely. And I, I do want to get to calls. So I want to hear what people think. Of, but this is the difference fullbacks make. When you have two high-level fullbacks, as opposed to trotting out Juan Bernat and Colin Dagba and Yuri Bershich and, you know, whatever, the, the, the ghost of Danny Alves, you know, Thomas Meunier. When you, when you actually have real fullbacks who can take over games and who can press high and who can recover defensively, there were times where Real Madrid got the ball and they were looking to counter off of PSG, and the fullbacks just put an end to it. Hakimi just stepped in the passing lane or forced an errant pass or forced somebody to make a pass quicker than they wanted to. Same thing with Nuno Mendes. Like, just there was, they were trying to play those long balls over the top to Benzema and Vinicius, and there was just nothing there. Like, they were always, yeah. they were always in place. Like, there was never a moment where I'm like, Oh no, Real Madrid have a really good scoring opportunity. The shots were 21 to 3. So not only did PSG generate chances, Real Madrid didn't get much, didn't get anything. They didn't put a shot on goal. You can't win a game when you don't put a shot on goal. It was absolutely embarrassing. I, I would love if there's any Real Madrid fans. I mean, you guys have to be apoplectic of what you saw tonight. And I understand Besma wasn't at full fitness or whatever, but he was out there. And there were other players, other stars out there. And it was a shit show. I have never seen that team look that bad. And and it's not like PSG have been just blowing people away. We came in with a lot of questions, too. And it, it wasn't even close. I understand 1-0, not that bad for Real Madrid. It could have been worse. But, like, anyone who watched that game, they would be like, oh, yeah, PSG probably won that 4-0 or something. So, um, last thing I'll say, and we will let you guys uh, come in and chat. We've got a couple people waiting. I just want to give some love to Pochettino. A lot of people slander him and, and give him credit. When PSG win, he has credit. Just like, uh, sorry, PSG. sorry. Let's go cough there. No, you're good. But Pochettino <laughs> got it right. He came out. He, he did what he could with the lineup. And, he, you know, give him credit. Look, him credit. he's not a bum. Like, he can coach. Like, is he, is he the greatest ta tactical mastermind we've ever seen? No. He's not Johan Cruyff. He's not, you know, um, uh, whatever his name is that coaches Manchester City. I'm having an old man block oh, right now. Guardiola. Yeah, he's not Guardiola, but he's competent. 
he can he can manage like they were in good positions in that game they were getting chances they were they were winning the ball high they were forcing turnovers like he's not a bum like they played that about the way you want to there was no real reason to substitute in that situation the way they were playing uh, they brought Neymar on about when you needed to bring him on, and then they took Danilo off and put Idrissa Gay on for for some more legs late in the game. So I thought the attackers were tracking back. I thought the pressing was what you needed. There were so many intercepted balls. I just thought the energy level was great. They were prepared really well for this game. I thought it was great. So, um, Mark, all yeah. good points. Let's go ahead and see. We've got um, Anyas, who I always like to have in. He's a Real Madrid fan, level-headed. I, I said I want to hear from a Madrid fan to see what they thought about that performance. Agnes, you, you're uh, connecting. As soon as you're in, go ahead and, and give us your thoughts on this game. So you you have the floor. Sorry, could you just repeat it? No, I was just saying, can you just go ahead and give your thoughts on the game? You're a Real Madrid fan, oh, so yeah. um, curious to your thoughts on, on how that went or what you're thinking about your team's performance because we're sort of shocked that it looked that bad. Um. I'm not. <laughs> uh, to be honest, like first of all, hats off to PSG. They were phenomenal. And believe it or not, I'm extremely pleased that he got that goal in the end because Stone Age tactics should never be rewarded. Uh, and the way we played, we would have been so lucky if we got out of that with a nil nil. So I'm happy we got what we deserved. And even a one nil, we deserved to lose three or four. And we had the best goalkeeper in the world. I mean, that saved us quite a quite on several occasions but I said um, approximately a month ago actually the, the game where Benzema went up injured against Elche I said to, to Modacia the guy you spoke to on, on the podcast that I think people are overestimating us and I believe a reality check <clears throat> will, will hit us very soon and that could be uh, PSG it turned out to be PSG Um Am I surprised that they were this bad? Like, at, at the same time, when, when, when you see it in the flesh just like that, it, you are surprised because we were, we were genuinely horrible. Like from, from, from minute one to minute 94, we didn't do anything in this game. And I'm extremely uh, disappointed and frustrated about the performance. But this is the way we've been playing. Um, for quite a long time and we did the exact same thing against uh, Barcelona a month ago like Xavi's Barcelona with, with Memphis and Luke De Jong and so on up front these yeah, for me it's just coward-like tactics where we just put anyone, everyone behind the ball because he, he isn't able to to implement a press or a counter press or anything so we just go and revert to a mid to low block because that's the easiest way in theory to, to, to defend and he decides to pick Marco Asensio who's the worst defensive defensively of the right wingers that we have and he plays that midfield that I've been saying ever since 2019 if we want to be serious and compete for, for the Champions League we, we cannot go with those three anymore they just they aren't good enough anymore um, simply like in, as individuals they are good players but at this level, to them three together, they just they get overrun way too quickly, and it's yeah, it's tough to it's tough to see because you, they are honestly three legends of the club, and they have done so much and so many good things. But everyone has say everyone has their time, and their time has been up for, for quite a while. Um, 
yeah, I'm just massively frustrating. But I think a lot more plaudits should go to PhD than than how bad we were because you guys were truly phenomenal. But as Mark said, we aren't as good as as, as what people have have, have, made, have been made to believe. La Liga is at its worst for the last ten, fifteen years. That's why we are number one, and our competition is severe. And 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 even though severe our competition, we are still only four points ahead. I think that tells you everything. Well, and into something that might have to make you feel a little bit better is at least Messi didn't score on you tonight, right? <laughs> so that, that you had that moment where okay, you, you get a little excited. The rest of it though was just it was a tough watch for Madrid fans, that's for sure. Going into the second leg, um, we'll get your thoughts on this, and then we'll get others. If you want to um, call in or dial in, just request, and I'll add you in. But last question for you, Anya's, is going into the second leg, how optimistic are, are you already saying we lost this tie? Let's concentrate on the Liga. Uh, it's, it's tough to be optimistic after what I've just watched, bro. Um, <laughs> we're also without Mendy, who, yeah, he probably didn't didn't cover himself in glory attacking-wise, but defensively, it just, it just adds it's a lot of stability. Casemiro will be out as well. Both are suspended, so I'm intrigued to see what Carlo does in that aspect. Uh, if he plays Marcelo <laughs> as, as the left-back, the tie will be over in 20 minutes, trust me. Uh, he has... Zero chance to keep up with with Mbappe and 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 Hakimi. So no, I'm not optimistic at all. We have to play in a completely different way um, on the front foot, uh, preferably because we we need to score. But that will also leave space in behind, and that's where the likes of Mbappe is at his best. So yeah, um, I'm honestly not confident at all, but. Then again, we never had a squad good enough to win the Champions League this season. Uh, we haven't had that for a couple of years. So if we go out, it's, it isn't the end of the world. But yeah, uh, to be honest, like I don't see how we we, we progress from this. I'll, as Mark said, it, it will have to be you guys that, that, that do yourself over some, some stupid way and with some errors or... Tactically, or we're something. certainly capable of it. We are certainly. Capable I have of seen it. that before. Yeah, I. I, I... I'll just say, and I, I think what I was seeing with that, and I watched a little bit of Real Madrid this year, but I hadn't really sat and watched them. I, I They were just the, the balance attack-wise, and it made it easy for PSG to sort of be able to key in the center. They could double, they could basically double Benzema if they needed to, and Vinicius, uh, Vinicius, I think, is a good player. I think he's playing above his weight from what I'm seeing because Hakimi was able to sort of handle him. And then with Asensio on that right side, it's almost like Nuno Mendes could take the day off. I mean, he could press high because there was no threat from that right side at all. The right side hasn't been good ever since Bale's being a serious footballer. That's that's just the end of it, to be honest. And Asensio is like that. He can play one game where he's he looks like a world beater, and then he gives you twenty performances like the one today. Um, he's just not good enough to be a starter at all. Vinicius has looked exhausted for a couple of weeks now, and he's also been overplayed um, because Carlo just doesn't rotate. Uh, um, so yeah, uh, yeah, as I said, it, it will take something incredible from 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 our part to to turn this over. You know, it's only one nil, but I think if if we end up going through. The reason behind that would be more that you guys did something incredibly stupid at the Bernabeu rather than us playing um, 
a lot better than they did today because you, you can't really play any worse than what we did, but I can't see us reach a level where where we manage to go through or don't concede one or two goals because you simply cannot be this lucky two times that you, you can't like yeah. uh, I, I can't see that happening to be honest. Well well Anyas, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you guys. You, you know, um drink up. It's it's okay. It's just a football <laughs> match. And you never know. We PSG have thrown away uh, bigger leads so um, you have that to hang on to um, but yeah thank you so much for coming on and giving the Real Madrid perspective no problem guys take care alright take care alright we're going to bring in J.A.E. he is connecting he's been waiting for a little while here um, again everyone I'm Ed with PSG Talk we've got Mark Damon here contributor to PSG Talk uh, co-hosting with me but J.A.E. can you you got me can you hear yeah I'm, I'm here sorry I was just uh it messes with my headphone once I get connected, but all good. No worries. Uh, Just take it anywhere you want to go. It, it is time to celebrate. What a performance. Sure, yeah. I feel great about getting the win. Um, I'm sure, like everybody else, I expected that we won by more goals than that. Um, talking about individual performances I was surprised with, um, Pereira was great in midfield. Uh, he had put in a pretty strong performance in the last couple of weeks I would say but against Real Madrid I just I wasn't seeing that coming and it's great to see that uh I'm glad that Neymar came on in the second half I honestly would have as much as I love Di Maria and he, I do believe that he was going in for the interceptions and we did get a few he wasn't really linking up with the play um overall I would say that if we take it to Real Madrid earlier um, they might be closed in more to try and you know compensate for how well we attacked. I cannot see them staving off the rest of this tie without you know getting knocked out by us. You know, I, <laughs> so many years I've seen it before that we we kind of fumbled the bag a little bit, but um, but you know that that's kind of in the past. I think though, I think they've overcome a lot of that over the last couple of years. I think it's hard to. I, you don't want to look too far into the past with that because they've shown, you know, time and time again now that they can hold these leads and that they can. So I, I, I almost, I almost don't want to sort of go into that. Cause it's like, yeah, but they, they came back against Borussia Dortmund. They held off Bayern Munich. They held off Barcelona. I think they've proved themselves enough in that, but I want to say that point. Danilo is not a bad footballer. Like, I think there's this perception that because he's playing and not the sort of 17 and 18 year old darlings aren't playing, that somehow he's this just bum that can't play. Like, he has his limitations. Obviously, he's not going to dribble through three guys and make a key pass. And he's not going to do that. But, like, the guy is good positionally. He pulls 90 he's minutes. Not- he lasts ninety minutes. I, 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 that's all I ask from like a holding midfielder like him, who surprisingly gets up the bucks. Yeah, no. It, and, and talking um, with uh, Real Talk podcast, um, Udasa, he was like, "Yes, please play Danilo." So, to Mark's point, a lot of people think that he isn't capable of playing at this level, and I think he he showed that. Now, would I prefer a fully fit Idrissa Gay? Probably, but it's close. Uh, Danilo's yeah. proving a lot of things. No, but that's what you'll get in the second leg. I think if Idrissa Gay is healthy, he's going to start in Danilo's spot. But, like, 
it doesn't always have to be flash. Like he he didn't turn the ball over, and that was really the key. Him and Paredes, the things they were able to do is they were positionally good. They tracked, they chased down, and they didn't turn the ball over. And that was the key. They didn't allow – Real Madrid was trying to force PSG into being impatient and make mistakes. And those two did not make mistakes. You knew Marco Verratti was going to make a mistake. And I think he might have been the – besides Mbappe, I think Verratti was probably the best player on the field. So you knew you, knew you were going to get it from Verratti. But – when Danilo and Paredes are doing their job like that and not making mistakes and being patient, like it's PSG's midfield can compete. And that was the whole thing going into this game was that PSG's midfield couldn't compete with Real Madrid's and the hell they can't. They did. And they outcompeted them. That, yeah, I, I didn't anticipate that, but you're right. Uh, JAE, thank you so much. We're going to uh, let you drop off. Um, and then we've got Eduardo Razo, uh, one of the PSG Talk writers. I uh, want to get his thoughts on the game. First, Eddie, hopefully you can hear me. I want to say uh, congrats to your Bengals for making the Super Bowl. It was a tough game uh, for you guys, but hopefully this PSG win lifts you up a little bit. Um, what did you think, if you can hear me? Um, what did you think about the game as a whole? As you're, you're looking at it from a writer and journalist perspective, what did you see in this game? Uh, well, yeah, no, first I want to say, yeah, it, it, it feels a little bit better. It takes the, the sting out of the loss of what happened on Sunday. So I, I, I was hoping PSG wouldn't shit the bed um, and, and come out with a decent performance. But, um, like, a lot of things that stood out, and, and, you know, I can echo what you guys were saying when it comes to, like, the fullbacks, especially um, in that first half where it's, like, Nuno uh, Mendes and, and Kylian Mbappe were, like, just connecting and making uh, – Caravajal's life like miserable and eventually they, they ended up you know taking advantage of him uh leading up to that penalty kick but that was something that kind of stood out to me like Mark said just having those fullbacks those world-class fullbacks it's just a night and day when you compare them to like Juan Bernat, Colin Dagba and other players that that have been put in that position but definitely the fullback play really really stood out to me you know in these first 90 minutes. Yeah, I'm all about – we gave Danilo some love. I'm all about the Nuno Mendes love. What is he, like 19? And he just comes out there in the knockout stage of the Champions League against Real Madrid and just absolutely bosses it. Um, I, enough can't be said about him. I think someone posted Lakeep or someone gave him like a, a 6 out of 10 rating, which is just laughable. He is outstanding. And to Mark's earlier point about the fullbacks, you know, we went from – that was really an issue for PSG to now – they're some of the best fullbacks in the world between him and uh, Hakimi. So they played a huge role. Um, what about Messi? What about that penalty miss? And his performance overall, he did some nice things, but not not spectacular. I was hoping to see more. What, what do you say, Eddie? Yeah, same. I I, I, I think it's just kind of you got to come to the grips. You know, if, if, you've, if you had, a, you know, an aging superstar on a team, that whether it's, you know, football, basketball, or any other sport, I think it's just good. You just got to hit that realization that, you know, he's an aging superstar. He'll, he'll have spurts of where he looks good. And there was a couple of times in the match where he looked good, but I just, I, I'm, I think I'm coming to grips where it's like, I don't expect that over 90 minutes. If he can give you some, you know, I'd say maybe 50, 60 minutes worth of where, of, of where he looks like his former self, I can take that. But I mean, I'm not a big speculation. I know, like, on the Spanish, you know, I consume a lot of Spanish, and, you know, Messi's always, like, the top 
topic, you know, some of them, they just speculate whether he's healthy, you know, whether he's not healthy, but I'm happy there still. That's like a major talking point just because of the way he looks and all that, you know, they die, they, they micro everything on, on, you know, on the Spanish side of, of stuff. But, um, I, I thought he was okay. Um, definitely that mess PK, you know, kind of dampers it, but I, I thought he was, I thought he was all right. Nothing, nothing too flashy, nothing, nothing too bad, but, but. But yeah, I know I've seen some of the French media outlets like uh, RMC Sport, which I'm gonna do a story on. It's, uh, there's already looking at Messi like, you know, like a like pretty much an aging superstar. So I think it's just it's I think that's a month go along. I think that's just something we're gonna have to realize that you know he's an aging superstar and and you know you're not gonna it, you can't expect uh, what he did in the you know his for his past form uh, to come up uh, you know week in and week out. Look, yeah. I, I am very much looking forward to the next three weeks of people's writing and podcasting and talking about Lionel Messi being done. And I want Lionel Messi to hear all this stuff about him being done. And I want him to be pissed off about it for three weeks. And I want him to come out in the second leg and just score two goals and put the match away. Because and then that's take a, off his PSG shirt and hold it up to the Bernabeu. But that's what the. But you know what I'm saying? Like I don't need him. Like on a team with Neymar and Mbappe, the way that they, I think, envision this, I don't think they even expected Messi to be the same Messi. But even Messi, like at this point in his career, he's still creating, he's still making plays, he's still getting into dangerous areas, he's still dangerous on free kicks, and I think what we've learned is that you know maybe again greatest player ever maybe not the best penalty taker ever and i think when the return leg comes around you'll have neymar who can take the penalties you'll have mbappe who can take the penalties and mm -hmm. maybe if he ever comes out of mothball sergio ramos can take the penalties too Ooh, so that, that's big for the second leg maybe he plays but what i'm saying is if messi there's an argument to make that messi's the fourth best penalty taker on the team it's just an argument you can make if you wanted to. So, like, I, look, yeah. he, he missed a penalty. Like, it happens. Like, it, it, it happens to people. It's, you know, I'm not going to overreact about it. I think he's not going to be the Lionel Messi of six, seven years ago. It's just not going to happen. He's 34 years old. But if he can be a good, a great player who is able to get Mbappe into scoring situations and they can carry that for the next two months, then I'm all for it. Then this whole thing would be worth it because if that can they can figure out how to you know keep doing that and let Mbappe be the goal scorer and let Neymar and Messi be the creators, I I, I think we can live with that. I think so. And you said about penalty takers. I was thinking, bring Neymar in. Right, it was in the second half and let him take it because I think he's probably the, the first choice penalty taker. Um, Eddie, we'll let you drop off here um, and we'll bring in. We've got another request from Farnood. We'll let you come in. You've been waiting for a little bit. Thanks so much for hanging on. Uh, looks like you're connecting. Um, I don't know if we've chatted with you before, so say if you're a PSG or Real Madrid supporter and give your thoughts on the game. Hey, uh, what's going on, guys? Uh, yeah, I'm from uh, obviously PSG. Got a got a rep PSG, but uh, there we go. Yes, sir. But um, yeah, man, crazy game, crazy game. Didn't expect that from Posh. Didn't expect to dominate the way we did uh, for the past few like for the past half season. We've just been a lot more uh, counterattacking, and it was a breath of fresh air to to see that kind of performance from uh, PSG. I uh, saw a lot of good things, you know, attacking wise. We we were um, we were pretty fluent uh, up to obviously when we were shooting. Uh, it wasn't the it wasn't the best, but 
Uh, overall, it was a it was a great game. You know, Mithil did uh, pretty well. When it comes to to Messi, I think that's one thing that uh, we really have to look at where we have to play him. Uh, we saw in this game we can't really have him be a liability um, when he's not able to defend and having you know Mbappe up there, Neymar up there as well. Uh, I think I think we just need to play him a little deeper because. Right now, the the way it is, um, he he's the creative guy in the team. He's the one that's making the passes and uh, having him. Kind of, you thinking like a false nine, maybe? Yeah, yeah, false nine would would work pretty well um, for him. Poch has been trying that, but it's just it's just not been working. He's just been a little bit, you know, he's he's trying to do the passing. He's trying to play the way he did at Barca, but it's just not working here. His um his role is kind of he's not suited to it right now. I feel like uh, we need to figure that out. I feel like. A cam position, a center attacking position, would be a lot better suited for him because um, he he's kind of expected to be the striker right now, and it's just not working out for him. No, all good thoughts, and um, yeah, moving Messi around. Let me actually let me get your thoughts on this, and uh, we can bring other people in if they want to chat. But uh, let's say Sergio Ramos is able to get a game or two in before the return leg. Would you play Sergio Ramos over President Kimpembe? Would you start him over Kempembe, or would you stick with Kempembe? Stick with what worked tonight. It's a it's a tough call. We we'd really have to see if we if we did play him and see how fit he is. But uh, it's it's Sergio Ramos. Even at thirty five, he's he's very fit. He's he's still got the defensive you know brain, and I feel like having him in a in a spot would really change the match a lot. He would he would be a lot more um, reliable. That's uh, one thing that yeah. we, we can't really get from Kimpembe. You know, he's sometimes a wild card. He, he might lash out. He might get a red card here and there. If I, if I exactly. had to pick... we're, one, we're one penalty away from this thing being level. <laughs> yeah. If I had to, like, if, if Ramos was back at full fitness and he was, um, he was you know, like the Ramos of a few seasons, if, of like two seasons ago, yeah, for sure. I, I'd start him over Kimpembe. Possibly, like, sub Kimpembe in midway or something. But, um, yeah, having Ramos there would really even solidify us even more. Yeah, Fantastic. I would say I would say I think what you would want to do is to keep the back four with Kimpembe and Marquinhos and then bring Ramos on if you need to go to a back three and give yourself an extra defender. That would be my way of going about this because I nothing Real Madrid did in that game made me think that somehow we're vulnerable defensively. Like, I, I didn't come out of that game going, wow, we need Sergio Ramos to seal this thing up. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, if Real Madrid start looking dangerous in the second leg, if they start getting chances and start building a little, maybe you got to go back three and just sort of close it down a little. But I, I think, you know, Someday Ramos is going to string games together. You'd think, <laughs> you know, maybe, but I, I don't think you can rely on him coming back. No. And, and Preston yeah, was fine. And Marquinhos were fine. They were both good. Like, yeah, uh, that would be my view on, on that. But like with Messi, they're just to kind of go back to Messi for a second. They're playing false nine with him. I think the problem with Messi is that he just doesn't have that burst that he used to have. When he would, when he would break out of the midfield and that classic Messi run down the middle, he just he doesn't have the speed to just sort of separate and then create those odd man chances. 
So what's happening is he's getting he's getting into the middle, he's making those runs, but then he's just they're catching up to him and they're making those passes more dif- difficult for him to make. So I I think what they could try to do is just keep moving him around a little. Like they have enough good guys up there that they can sort of rotate and switch off roles when they need to. So I don't think you want to get married to one position or the other. You see Messi playing off the the left, uh, sorry, off the right a lot in league gun. I think they'll do the little bit of that going in probably the next game. Just put him in different spots. Don't make it don't make it predictable. You got to move him around and try to have him sort of pop up in different places because that's the way he's going to get loose. And right now he just he's not fast enough to get loose with his ability. I think he needs to sort of be uh, tactically moved around to right. give him more chances to just sort of find space, if that makes sense. No, no, I, I get it. Absolutely. And, and back to an earlier point you made about, you know, what Real Madrid is going to do. Are they going to be more attacking? I almost think PSG wants them to be a, a more attacking. They're going to have to score goals. And I think if, if Real Madrid's not able to sit back and they start getting stretched, Oh Lord, it could get even uglier than it was tonight with the counter. We well, you know that the PSG want to play a counter attacking game. Yeah, well that'll give that'll give Messi more space, obviously, in a game where yeah. he can he can yeah. run off the counter. But so I, this, I'm, this I'm of the opinion that Real Madrid are not gonna play very much more different than they did. Because they're gonna get, they're gonna get booed off the pitch then in their own stadium. Yeah, but what, what I think is gonna happen is they're gonna try to they're gonna be patient in that first half because they cannot fall down to nothing. They can't give up that that they can't give up that early goal. So they have to sort of be defensively sound. Because if they're not, if they just go for it in the first ten minutes of the game and they give up that counter goal, then it's then it's a real tough climb although it is different and i think this should be talked about it's going to be different without the away goal rule yeah the away goal so in theory giving up that that two nothing goal is less devastating now than it would have been last year because it's not an away goal it doesn't count as two in in essence so maybe real madrid can be a little more risky see if they can try to get them early but I just think I don't know what else Real Madrid can do like to, to yeah. change the equation maybe I'm wrong and I've been wrong before believe me but <laughs> we were all wrong coming into this game um, we actually Mark we've got that New Yorker uh, wanted to chat you'll probably be our last speaker and we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up but uh that New Yorker, you are a speaker. If you can hear us, go ahead. Um, you got the Brazilian flag there. So did, what did you like from Neymar tonight? Or uh, what do you want to say overall? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, been a, a follower for about two or three years now um, since. Uh, oh, my Thank you. Yeah. So I, I'm really a big fan of you guys. Um, but, yeah, um, going off of the whole Neymar thing, I did. That, that is what I wanted to, to bring up. Um, I do think that Neymar had a huge impact in that second half, you know, obviously assisting Mbappe on that goal. And I think that if Neymar was on earlier and took that penalty, I think he has a better percentage of converting those as opposed to Messi. And I think after today's game, it's kind of settled and um, it's a little more concrete that Neymar should be the penalty taker. 
Um, I think also that yeah, that Di Maria missed in the first half kind of gave, you know, Di Maria is fighting for that spot at this point. And him missing that first goal almost shows that, you know, he's not as as clinical as we need. Um, in, in the starting 11, we need people who are going to put those goals away. I know Neymar wasn't the most clinical in the last couple of years. Um, but Neymar's playmaking ability, um, him coming in that second half, I was watching. I missed the game, actually. Um, I've been trying to wait on Paramount to play, to put the full match on. I couldn't wait. I just watched the highlights. Um, I was at work. But, um, yeah, I think Neymar's impact is underrated sometimes. Um, and I think him in the second um, in the second match, him being a starter is going to make a huge difference. And one more thing, yeah. Casemiro and Mendy getting those yellow cards, it almost nails the coffin. It's like, how are you going to who are you going to put in their place? Valverde is really good. But who are you going to put in Mendy's place? Um, I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, but uh, thanks for thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no, yeah, we've been, yeah, we've been talking for a while. And I just want to make this this point here because. Uh, that fucking pass by Neymar yes. is just, yes. uh, I, 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 and I just want, you know, cause we, we really haven't even talked about the Mbappe goal yet. If you, if you can believe it. So I think we should end on just talking about that play and how good that play was. First of all. Okay. Let's, let's start with the Neymar pass. Every player in the world in that situation is playing that ball centrally. Every player goes centrally there. Why? Because you want to load people in the box and you want to play that ball into the box. So from where Neymar is on the left, every player in that situation, I don't care if it's Kevin De Bruyne, I don't care if it's Eden Hazard in his prime, I don't care any good player in the world right now, they are playing that ball centrally to the one of the midfielders and they are running into the box in that situation. Only Neymar makes that pass. Only Neymar thinks to make that pass. Because if you fuck that up, that ball's going into the seats or that ball's getting intercepted and the game's over. But to just sort of drag those two defenders and then just backheel it perfectly to where Mbappe could run with it and get to the one-on-two, I mean, that pass is amazing. Like, I really do not underestimate how good that pass was because it caught Real Madrid off guard. You could see it. The whole defense was looking at Neymar and looking to the middle. They completely forgot where Achillean Mbappe was. They the made slow that motion of that pass is brilliant. You can just see their eyes go like, oh shit. You know, as he they plays completely that back, forgot he was there. No, they, it's amazing. 93 minutes into the game, they completely forget that Mbappe's there and Neymar just back heals that. And now he's running one on two. And this is the thing with that. Mbappe just sets it up so well because he just, he just sort of slow plays and he doesn't rush. He doesn't try to, you know, some people in that situation just try to kick a ball to the end line and run out and run onto it. He just sort of holds it, holds it, holds it. And then like plays it through the leg and then like snakes his way through, turns his body. To, to fit through the hole between the two players runs onto it, takes three steps. And then just before, I think it was Valverde just before Valverde blocks that into the, into touch 
or just before Valverde blocks that onto the end line, Mbappe just sweeps it. Just just before, literally a half second before. And just gets it right under Courtois. Just, just again, millimeters right under the leg. Like, the, that play is just, that, that sequence is just what you get when you have stars playing together and that sort of magic that happens when you have the stars line in that way. And that's going to be one that's going to be played for a very long time. Cause it was, it was special. That was a special pass and a special goal. And it, it was, it was a goal at the buzzer basically. So it was a special, special pass play goal, all that. And at the buzzer to win well-deserved win. It just had all the elements for just an iconic PSG goal. It will be remembered 50 years from now. I mean, it was incredible. Well, on the list of great goals, it goes up there. Like in recent history, it goes up there pretty, you know, that the, the Chupa Moting goal, which was, again, that was probably Silva uh, header against Chelsea. I I put it up there with that one. I mean, it's definitely in that category of, you know, the, the Ronaldinho goal in the Marseille game in 03, just, it, it's up there in that list of, of goals and just, you know, that's what, look, it's not been a fun year. I'll, I'll be the first to admit this team has been sluggish. This team is not dominating people. It's not pretty football to watch at times, but when you get great players and you put them on a stage like the champions league and you put all that pressure on them, they can do some just pretty amazing things. And that's the difference between PSG and all these other teams. You know, Manchester City has the dominance of their ball possession and their skilled players in their midfield. Bayern Munich has their brute force and their power. PSG is the only team in the world right now that can make a play like that and can just take a game and turn it on its head just with one play. And that's really special. That's that's an advantage that PSG has going forward. So, you know, keep that in mind. Absolutely. Great thoughts, Mark. Um, we'll, we're going to have more to say on this. We'll do more PSG talking podcasts um, with the crew. We'll get everyone um, on the pod or as many as we can to, to talk this one out. A lot to discuss. Thank you to everyone who came in and shared their thoughts. Um, it just was a special night. I'm no, I recorded. It. I'm gonna watch the game again tonight, um, just to jot down more notes. So we'll have a lot to talk about on the podcast. So, again, I'm Ed with PSG Talk. Thank you to my co-host Mark Damon, contributor to PSG Talk as well. Um, and again, thanks everyone who called in. We'll talk to you real soon. Bye everyone. Au revoir for now. <laughs>